This podcast is sponsored by valleygivesback.org. What will you be remembered for? Name a Valley nonprofit in your estate plan and create a legacy that tells future generations what matter to you. Making a gift that costs nothing during your lifetime is easy and revocable if things change. With a planned gift, you have the power to impact the Valley forever without affecting your current lifestyle. Your action inspires others to make a difference in their own way. Remember the Valley. Ask your accountant, financial planner, or attorney about planned giving options. Plan now. Give later. Impact tomorrow. Learn more at valleygivesback.org. All right, you guys ready? Now I'm nervous. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Naval Gazing, the Valley Indies podcast. My name is Eugene Driscoll. I'm a reporter with valleyindie.org. Today, for the first time in a while, I have a live in-studio guest, or guests, I guess, would be plural. And I said studio. Already Already, I'm lying, right? This isn't exactly a studio, right, Gianna? Is this what you expected? No. No, not at all. Yeah, sorry about that. But I am joined by Lana, Gianna, and Gil Wall of Seymour, Connecticut. Here, here. Thank you all for coming in. This Thank is really cool. Us. I was looking forward to this discussion, and I apologize for I think I delayed it probably a hundred yeah, yeah, times. Yeah, yeah, no worries. My like, I have two kids myself: kindergarten student and a uh, third grader. I think. Mm flew like just the last month have been my mother-in-law was visiting it was crazy so i apologize for taking so long to get you in here but lana you had emailed me and you said that i guess in 2009 Mm -hmm. you went on a family trip to where well to the north pole my husband and i did the north pole yeah why is that (laughs) because it's there i think the farthest north i've been is like yeah Wooster yeah. or whatever it's called. Up I know. Well, I mean, it it was an opportunity to reach ninety degrees north. Um, so we flew into um, Helsinki and we took a, a charter flight from Helsinki to Murmansk, Russia. And Murmansk is the port where the Russian nuclear icebreaker is. And we embarked the ship and chopped ice all the way to ninety degrees north. And um, on the way, we were lucky enough to have some amazing um, polar bear sightings. So that would that would scare me to no end. I've well, seen those we were when- so lucky because we actually approached two polar bear that just caught a seal. And what we had found out prior was that you know film crews or wildlife videographers or whatever you call it take years to capture that moment and there we were so it was it was a pretty awesome trip they were very interested interested in us also so when we pulled up on them we actually were able to observe them for quite some time 
while they were feeding, and then they became very interested in us on the ship. Just sort of looking at you? Yeah, it was, uh, it was a really cool experience. Now, how, how, how did you two meet? How long have you married? How'd you wind up in Seymour, if I may ask? <laughs> I came up to Seymour kicking and screaming. <laughs> <laughs> From where? <laughs> well, I was living in Stamford at the time. She was. Um, you know, downtown Stamford. So, well, Gil and I used to work together. Okay. Um, in Greenwich, and that's how we met. And then um, I switched careers, but, you know, mm-hmm. our relationship still kept going, and yeah. somehow he convinced me to move to Seymour. <laughs> we met one day because I'm the IT director, and um, she was the typical print, and it doesn't come out, and then hit print again, and it still doesn't come out. Ugh, and then hit me. print again and again <laughs> and again, thinking that it's going to at least some come, out, come out at some point. So that's how we actually... Started talking a lot. Yeah, my printer wasn't working. <laughs> IT guys, though, come on. I've never had a, po- a positive experience no. with an IT guy, so never. this must be a match made, made in heaven. You guys are unruly, <laughs> like naturally rude. And were you both like sort of uh, agreed? Were you both like international travelers before this? And uh, I, I come from a family of travelers. Um, so, and then when Gil and I started dating, um, I sort of introduced him to countries across the Atlantic Ocean (laughs) so well opportunities arose so of course we took advantage of them yeah Mm -hmm. so we've um, done quite a bit of traveling and then when Gianna came um, yeah there was no stopping it it was like listen kid (laughs) now did you find Gianna when you were up at the North Pole with the polar bears well we actually did ask Santa for a little girl but then she came two years (laughs) later so (laughs) No, you did not. <laughs> Gianna just angrily slammed the microphone. <laughs> so, Gianna, tell me a little about yourself. Uh, Is this your first time being interviewed on a podcast? Yeah. That's uh, weird, right? <laughs> uh, how old are you? I'm eight. You're eight years old. And uh, where do you go to school? Um, Chatfield Little Presti Elementary School in Seymour. And that's up in Seymour. Yeah. So, uh, from what I understand from what your mom emailed me, the family went on a trip uh, uh, December. Uh, November, November into December. November yeah. into December. And Gianna, where did... Well, before we get into the trip, let's look a little more about you. What uh, what type of music do you listen to? Who's your favorite band, singer? Um, yeah, hold that nice and... There you go. I don't really have one. Um, How about a movie? My favorite... This is hard. I know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> She's caught off guard. Uh, well, she doesn't really watch movies much. Yeah. Not much. yeah I like the Because well, you're traveling. Okay. <laughs> you're traveling the world. You're studying. Do you watch Survivor Man or anything like that? In the man I have versus- no clue what that is. <laughs> tell, tell him. What what, you, oh, no. My favorite what, is Captain Underpants. What's your favorite show, what's your favorite show that you, when we do watch you TV? Um, Shark Tank. Yes. <laughs> and Deal or No Deal. Oh, wow. Okay. So you're like the reality yeah. uh, uh, game show person. Yeah. So you went up. Uh, Wait, no, wait, you didn't go to the North Pole. Where did you go for the in, in November, December? Antarctica. So, all right, so take me back, if you can, to the day where either mom or dad springs on you. Oh, by the way, <laughs> pack up. We're going to Antarctica. I was very surprised. Were you like, because you know that you see those videos where like on uh, the kids are, uh, are surprised with a surprise trip to Disney World or something yeah. like that? Antarctica. <laughs> were, were you nervous at all or do you remember like what it felt like or was it because you're, you're so used to traveling it wasn't oh 
I wasn't really nervous, but I was really excited. A little bit nervous, but she had a moment of fear one night. Why did you? Why were you nervous? Oh, because I thought the ship was going to sink. She did. <laughs> <laughs> to me, that's a legitimate concern. Um, by the way, this was at uh, ten o'clock at night. We're pretty much sleeping. She pops up and says. Daddy, I hope the ship doesn't sink. <laughs> <laughs> Just get that right out there at the start, right? So then, like, Obama and Dad, why uh, embark on this trip uh, to Antarctica with Gianna? What's the, why, why? Well, I mean, one of the objectives is, well, let me just say we've been really blessed that we are able to, to travel with her and expose her to different countries at such a young age. But um, the opportunity came up to go to Antarctica, and our, I guess, objective is to reach seven continents with her before she turns 10. So Antarctica was her sixth. Oh, we wow. have to go to um, Australia. Uh, Australia. 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 Yeah, the last continent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that will be a seventh. Yeah. So tell me uh, the continents you've been, some of the places you've been. Does any one place stand out as being really awesome? I've been to Peru, um, South Africa. Um, what did you do in Peru? I um so I went to the Amazon jungle in Peru and we went to go visit um the schools in Peru and it was also in the Amazon jungle in the rainforest well, right? in the rainforest yeah. and th they were singing there and um <coughs> they were um um how, what was the school like? Like, how old were the kids? They looked like they were like seven mm -hmm. and six, and the school was really small. And what do you like about going to these different places? What excites you? Is that I get to see new places, and I um, I hear lots of different languages, so I might learn more languages. And is there, like I had asked you, was there a particular trip or place that stood out? Was Peru sort of the one that, that stands out? Not in your really. Okay, it tell me which Thailand. one. It was Thailand. Why? What was that? I had never been there. <laughs> what? Uh, explain it to me as someone who's never been there. How, what would I need to know to experience Thailand? Um, and just try to hold the mic on this part. Yeah. Right. Just do it up there. It's like, yeah. you so, blow out my eardrum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't, don't. Right there. My, um... Favorite part about Thailand is um, where there's like, if we were in a hotel spot, then we went to this other place on a big boat, and when we went in the sand, the sand was really warm on my feet. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, and it felt relaxing for some reason. That's such a nice <laughs> description. When you come back, and I know I'm skipping around like crazy, but whatever, it's my podcast. When you come back to the States and you go back to school, do you tell classmates? Is there any type of, are you like the social studies girl? Or if they call it social <laughs> um, studies. Because you've been to these places, so if it's, you know, I read about it in a textbook, but to have somebody who actually experienced the culture and and had the, uh, the sand in your feet, what do you, do you get to do show and tell? Um, yeah, my teachers let, let me um, 
do a little bit of show and tell, but um, we didn't have time to put together um, a show and tell for Antarctica, so um, I really wanted to do it. We just didn't have the time. Which is a great segue, though, because yeah. let's talk. She's good. It's okay. okay. Well, well, let's let's uh, fast forward to Antarctica. So, how does one get to Antarctica? How does one plan out a trip for Antarctica? Maybe that's a mom <laughs> and dad thing, or are you are you the, are you booking the booking agent, or you just kind of go along? <laughs> Do you have any requests? Do you have like a list of demands for the cruise or anything like that, or no? no. <laughs> so, uh, do you want to? Where do you start? Where so we start on a plane. We go. Which city do, do we start in? New York. Well, no. In in where does where do we meet the ship? Argentina. Right. Well, but Ushuaia, th- that's a city in Argentina. It's the southernmost city in the world. So um, Ushuaia is is the gateway really to Antarctica. So that's where all of the the operators start their their voyages on on the ships. So typically to go to Antarctica because <clears throat> there's you're only allowed 100 people at a time at a landing it's the best way to go down to Antarctica is to be on a small ship so that everybody lands at the same time you know and there's not a lot of impact on the environment and is uh, traveling to Antarctica like a bustling business down there are there trips regularly oh from yeah it's it's exploded yeah. over the last 12 years it's absolutely exploding and why is that why do you think that is um i i think it's the you know it it depends on 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 who the the demographic is i mean you get those who are bucket listers which is us you know we want to get it off the bucket list Mm -hmm. and you have those who are adventure seekers that want to camp out in antarctica or you know plus it's so accessible today because there's an industry behind it it's easy to get there what about I, I, I'm, see, I'm, I'm, I, I watch too many movies? It's good you don't watch movies. <laughs> what about the shady people who are high? They're getting away, they're running from something. I like shows way better. <laughs> what did you say? Like what? I like shows way better. There you go. <laughs> uh, but no, I was just that was just a bad joke. Uh, so when you go to Antarctica, I mean, it's not like there's a holiday in there. Where do you stay? You what? stay on the ship. On the yeah, ship the whole yeah, time. So yeah. there's like so days. Like, go through that with me. Yeah. I have so, no idea. so basically, what we do is um, the the group meets in Ushuaia, uh, Argentina. That's the hotel we stay at. Oh wow! It's just a view that yeah. looks down over the Beagle Bay. Beagle Channel. Beagle Channel. I mean. and, and this yeah. is in Ushuaia. That's, that's Ushuaia. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. That's where you in land. Ushuaia. That's where you actually embark from. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So it takes about. Um, do you want to explain the Drake Passage? Yes. So you have to cross the Drake Passage to get to Antarctica, but the timing depends on. Um, it's called the Drake Passage. So there's a Drake Shake and a Drake Lake. So the Drake Shake is the seas are really rough, and the Drake Lake is you could just like Sail go through. through. Yeah. yeah. So. Do so it um so the Drake. Oh wow, that's breathtaking. I'm I'm, I'm looking at photos <laughs> here as as Gianna's talking. Sorry. J- the Drake Lake is, um, smooth sailing. Smooth sailing, and the Drake Shake is rough seas. And if you and if you're in the Drake Shake, which we were in, it it takes like two days. But the Drake Lake, it's one and a half days. Yeah. So we were in the Drake Shake. We. <laughs> Um, I do not do well with motion sickness. So she was I super w- seasick. I was oh, really, okay. really seasick. Um, 
uh, Gil had his sea legs, so he was fine. Yeah. And while he was on, while we were crossing the Drake Passage, there's there's no entertainment on these expeditions. Um, it's replaced by lectures. So there's a ton of lectures going on. Um, Very educational. Yeah, you learn a lot about what you're going to see. Yeah. environment history yep and so there's historians ornithologists geologists penguinologists on board um and then they also had a citizen science program which i was very eager to get to yeah do you want to explain what the citizen science program yeah, is? yeah so the citizen science program is where you get data um for nasa and other science programs Sci- and scientific institutions yeah, scientific so institutions like that so can i just explain it a little yeah. more yeah so in order for institutions to send down scientists to antarctica it's very expensive to send scientists down so the the tour operators in antarctica has a few of them and one of them is the company that we were with um teamed up with NASA and the Scripps Institute and we collect they collect the data for them so all of the passengers on board are involved in this in this project and it makes Antarctica so much more relevant because Mm -hmm. now you feel like you're involved so do you remember some of the things that you had to do for NASA yeah so we did cloud observations so that's Cloud observations is where you hold a scanner up and you face it all the way towards the clouds and you just move it around until it goes in in the way middle of the scanner. There's um, in the middle of the scanner, there's a circle and there's another big circle that goes into it. And that means you if you get it, if they connect, that means you um scanned it and then there's a few things that you need to fill out on the little scanner and then you and then it sends down to to um nasa NASA. what's happening is there's a satellite at that same moment looking from the uh, atmosphere down okay we're looking up and it's helping nasa to get a smarter software application that can really target what we're seeing are the clouds actually what they see versus what we see so it's kind of a uh, conjunction to do that together. It was really interesting, and she ran the uh, the iPad, which helped. Uh, oh, very nice. Yeah. And were there any other children there? Were there other kids your age? Or well, no. It's normally twelve and up, but there was a eleven year old on the um, ship too, and um, <clears throat> I learned how to do. He taught me how to play chess and. Yeah, I she beat met him a friend in checkers, who, but he beat me in chess. He's um, from Maine, and he's we met Maine. them on. He was traveling with his grandparents, and his grandparents. It's a tradition in their family when the when the child turns ten, they can go anywhere in the world. Well, they were pretty much. They live in sh- an RV. Well, they were pretty much shocked when their grandson said, "Take me to Antarctica." Wow. So, <laughs> but he actually has an interesting life. He actually travels the world, so he's homeschooled and. Right now, they're in an RV in Europe, and they're doing... They, li- they the literally country. live on the road for the last four or five four years. Four or five years. Oh, wow. They've been so you're keeping in t- contact with this no, family? We or haven't or yet. Yeah. We haven't yet, but I think over the summer, we'll, we definitely will reach out and well, see, because I, we'll be in Europe. And well, I got his phone number, but I tried texting him, and it didn't work. 
So yeah. every message I sent failed, so I just deleted his <laughs> number. Well, hopefully he's okay. Yeah. In terms of the, like, Gianna, when you when you uh, embark uh, uh, to Antarctica it, itself, describe what it looks like. What were the first things you remember seeing there? What's it like? Well, it's when gotta be we kind of kind of cold. Like, yeah. So when we got to Antarctica, um, we were passing humongous icebergs. And they were very white. <laughs> they even had a contest so you could find the first iceberg as you're going down. Because you're in you know, waters with no ice. And then suddenly, in this case, we woke up in the morning very early. Yeah. And then the first iceberg was sighted. And then how close do you come to the icebergs when you're floating through there? Um, very close. <laughs> <laughs> close yeah. enough. And are we yeah. like the size of buildings? Are they... the I've only some of pictures. them are smaller than buildings, and some of them are like so big that they're past the clouds. <laughs> and then at, at some point, do you actually get off and wander around yes, there? Okay. Absolutely. Tell absolutely. me about that. Yeah. So about the landings. Yeah. So at the when we were doing landings, so we we get off the ship and go on a zodiac, and a zodiac is a little rubber boat, and it fits ten passengers, and there's groups and one group goes first and more groups go and when you get on the landing you could explore the place you could sit down and take pictures of the penguins and in november that's when the penguins are nesting so we watched um <coughs> we watched the um penguins keep stealing rocks from each other to make <laughs> nests and there's this bird called a skewer and they try to eat the baby eggs and so what's it like to see a penguin how close are you coming to them are they, are they bigger than you think they they were i mean i guess i've seen some no. in the bronx zoo but no they're tell me about them. they are really small what are the penguin rookeries that you saw the name the penguin rookeries oh so we saw a, an a deli um but there was like two adelis because they were um really not supposed to be there yeah yeah because it was where all the gentoos were so we saw a deli gentoos and chin straps and chins chin straps are called chin straps because they have a, i'm looking at a photo of one okay. they have like a big black thing under their chin and that's why they call it the chin chin strap penguin is there anything particularly difficult about visiting antarctica is it like physically exhausting is it tiring at the end of the day uh is it like weird being in a different environment like that at all um it's sometimes it's tiring at the end of the day because once we went on like four landings and we were walking around all over the place and i went me, me and my friend largo went all the way up this big Peak. snow hill yeah yeah, we went on a long hike and, and our legs were hurting really bad. Yeah, yeah. And we had to walk all the way back down it without sliding because if we slide the penguins will um the penguins will pro might go in the tracks that were sub the penguin were, highway. Yeah, right? yeah. There's a penguin yeah. highway and they might go in those um in the highway and if we knock them they'll peck at us and they want us to be safe, so we're also very and we also want the penguins to be safe. We're also very careful when we're walking because the snow is very deep and you can would your foot make a two, three foot hole. I and did we that. have to be careful to cover that up because when we leave, 
the penguins could come along and fall in that hole and potentially not be able to get out. So that's what she's kind of referring to All also. Right. Yeah. We want to make sure yeah. that we leave the land like we found the land. Because I would assume like uh, that's got to be a, a major concern of people everywhere. If oh, you have absolutely. now tourists going down to Antarctica, the places where we haven't mm-hmm. been before, yeah. that we don't go and just ruin everything and, and, and with you know take yes. selfies everywhere. So when you, but it, go ahead. When we do landings, you don't bring really anything with yeah, you. Yeah, you have to you wash your nothing. boots. You just bring you know a camera, the clothes you have on. Yeah. And that's it. What was the? Did, did we put the? Did we have to wash our boots before? I forgot. We yes. do. We yeah. wash yeah. our so boots before, before you we get go. onto the a landing in Antarctica. You have to. So everyone is is provided with rubber boots because the landings are wet landings. So the you know you could be landing in knee deep water. So the boots that they provide us, we have to step in the special solution. Um, to yeah, avoid cross-contamination. Yeah. yeah, so they're very strict. I mean, you can't bring any food or anything, you know. It's and this might be a stupid question, but whose uh, 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 jurisdiction is all this under? Belongs to everyone. Yes, yeah. belongs to everyone. There's a treaty that was made. Ayato. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And um, it's, it's shared land. And and, yeah, every, uh, and everyone that that visited with you or was on your ship, are these people from uh, everybody from all over the planet? Everywhere. Everybody. It's fantastic that way. The cultures, different cultures that you yeah. mingle with, the people you meet, all very interesting people in their own respects. It's it's really just amazing uh, type of trip. And then in terms of climate change and things like that, we read all the time about uh, evidence mm-hmm. or, uh, of glaciers melting and things like that. Did they talk about at all or do you see not, any evidence? Not of- really because, you know, it, 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 it tends to be a bit of a controversial topic. However, um, it was in t- sort of integrated into the citizen science program. Um, like one of the, the things that Gianna did was collect water samples. Do you remember why yeah, you did that? so we did that to see if we could find um, microscopic plastics. Microplastics, and, yep. And Microplastics. also to see if there's phytoplankton. And mm-hmm. f- uh, microscopic plastics are bad, but the phytoplankton is good because the krill eat the phytoplankton and the phytoplankton become healthy and then the whales come down in March to eat the um no I'm sorry the 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 krill eats the phytoplankton and then the krill become healthy so when the whales come down in March when the whales eat the krill they'll become healthy too and everything you just said, you learned from being in that citizen science class. Yeah. Did you do research of any kind before you went on the trip about where you were going uh, from either the internet or the library or anything like that? Or do you like to experience it as it's happening? I like I like it being a surprise. And so uh, cause I'm just amazed at how, how that all just stuck in your head and you just repeated <laughs> that back to me. Uh, so are you a science? Like, what do you want to be when you grow up? I know you're only, uh, how old did you say you are? Eight? Yeah, I'm eight. So I want to be an astronaut. Okay. So it's science. Science is your thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so are you a person, like, do you go to school and check out science books? Like, how do you satisfy that desire you have for science? Well, me and my other friends, we love reading about space. And um, I want to, I read about so, so my my friend Claire, her mom came in and read a space book, and an astronaut named Mark Kelly wrote um, the book, and I really want to meet him. That's awesome. <laughs> and it said some facts about um, astronaut Mark Kelly at the end of the book. 
So, and then in in terms of Antarctica, what was your what is your favorite memory about that particular trip, or just what sticks out in your mind? My favorite part about the whole entire trip was when we saw um, when we saw the um, penguins running around, and when there was this one um, landing that we were on. And it was, um, there were lots of penguins and there was lots of dirt in like one area. It was a big circle and the um, penguins would roll around in it. And one of the penguins were fighting each other and they were like trying to punch each other. (laughs) It was kind of comical to see because they're not really, it's not Mike Tyson. uh, It looked like they were trying to punch each other. That's awesome. (laughs) It was so funny. So now, uh, what's next now? Where is the... I mean, obviously, you want to go to space, so you're signing up for Mars <laughs> yeah. Elon Musk or something like that, right? It's we're we're <laughs> trying to get friendly with Richard Branson over there. There you go. Getting in one of these ships of his. Yeah, <laughs> or, he's, uh, he's rockets, yeah, whatever he's Jeff doing. Jeff Bezos. Yeah. So where's the next trip? Do you know? Scotland. Yeah, so we're going to... For my um, auntie's wedding, um... And me and my dad and my other uncle were going to go to um, a golf place called St. Andrews. Mm-hmm. And no, wait a second. That sounds like it's dad's trip here. <laughs> <laughs> she, Are you looking forward to playing some golf, Tiana? I mean, I, yeah. You, you, oh, so you're a golfer, yeah. too. Is there yeah. anything you don't do, Tiana? <laughs> I do softball and golf and oh, dance, nice. hip-hop. <laughs> So why do you think, I mean, this is a a reporter question, uh, and I don't expect an eight-year-old to be quite this self-reflective, but how do you think, I'll ask it anyway, how do you think this traveling, uh, what impact does it have on you? Does it make you uh, think about things differently, or how do you think it forms you as an eight-year-old? Chatfield um, Lopresti, is that where you go? Yeah. In what grade? Second. Second Second grade. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so, um, I like traveling a lot because um, when I go to new places, I could learn new things. And um, there was this one place where we went. Um, I forget what it's called. Um, Argentina. Yeah. Yeah. yeah when well, we went to Argentina, they were speaking Spanish around us and my mom um learned spanish too so she taught me some words and she was showing me like because the we went to a restaurant for dinner and the guy didn't understand what we were saying so then my mom typed it in and then she showed me what to say and i said it to him and um i learned a little bit of that's so cool so you're conversing with somebody uh, in another language and then i guess uh, as we wrap this up i gotta ask mom and dad now uh what tips do you have now somebody listens to this podcast and i want to go to antarctica what are some tips you have uh, uh for going to a more exotic place like that as a family because I'm look. I think that I mean. I don't know if I could do it with my two kids. No, you should. We'd get you know, to Belmar, New Jersey. That's as far that's south yeah. as we get. Well, I see it as an education that you can't get even in a fifty thousand dollar institution, right? Unless you are, 
You take your children and you immerse your child into the culture. Your child will then become appreciative of other cultures and more patient, you know? Not everyone is going to do things like Americans. I mean, we went into the rainforest and Gianna at first couldn't understand why they don't have windows or why they're walking around, you know, without any shoes on. And people of the rainforest live from the rainforest, food, medicine. What cool thing did you learn about the the lipstick? They make red lipstick out of a, a, pl- a, a seed in a, a plant. Seed in a yeah. plant and they um mash it yeah and then and then they take it with their finger and just rub it on and did i have some on me that day yes (laughs) right here (laughs) on your face and you also learned about the native american (laughs) you also appreciated and tasted a new vegetable that you liked right what's it called again yucca yucca so it's what is that it's a it's not really a potato, but it looks like one. The reason why they don't grow potatoes in the rainforest is because the the soil is too moist, mm-hmm. and if there's mo- moist soil, you can't grow potatoes. So they grow so yucca. It's the root yeah. of a tree. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And you, I wanted. You can get them here. Yucca potato chip. Yucca potato chips are pretty common, actually. Yeah. And every day I had. Yuka. And then she fished for the piranha. Yeah. Wait, and what? caught one. Yeah. <laughs> You're holding out on me here, Gianna. <laughs> Wait. What do you mean you fish for? What do you use to fish for? Would you stick your hand in? Like, how do you get? Nope. No. Okay. They'll bite you. Yeah, we you. were dipping her They'll in. They'll bite you. Just, you're going in a little <laughs> just bit. Just to attract them to the, to the boat. It was How very basic. It was a, it was it's a, a stick a with stick. a string and a hook. Oh, yeah. they just and go And you right put a piece bit. of fish on the end of it and whoosh, they come. So was that ca- all right, Gianna? That would that would that would make me a little nervous. Uh, were you nervous fishing for piranha at all? Not really. You didn't get dizzy or anything like that. You didn't think, oh, what if I fall in? I'm gonna make no. you terrified to go anywhere now. No. So and did you, you did you catch one? Yeah, I caught one. And then you mm-hmm. yank it out. What it looked like? Well, my dad ha- had to help me yank it out. It was kind of fat. And mm-hmm. it was bluish. And then we really, had it for really dinner. Dark blue. And then we ate it no, for dinner. No, I did not. I did not have it for dinner. No way. I do not. Teeth? <laughs> teeth? Did it have? Could you see the teeth? Humongous. Mm-hmm. Teeth. That's too much. That's too much. Really. <laughs> All right. Now uh, we're we're out of time. But before we go, okay. is there anything uh, that either mom, dad, or Gianna wanted to add that perhaps I haven't uh, asked you? I know it well, just went by really fast and it's sure. a huge topic and you've been all over the world. But uh, To follow up on your previous question, what I'd like to say is that <clears throat> taking G on these trips, as fortunate we are to do this, she gets to actually, as you said earlier, she gets to physically see these things and not read out of a textbook. And those are treasures that she'll own forever. And, and did you do traveling as a child too or anything like that? Zero. Or? Zero, okay. Yeah, Where are you from originally? Shelton. All right, so you're all right. So you're right yep. here uh, uh, from the valley, mm-hmm. and and you said you had traveled, or no? Yeah, I'm no. from Cape Town, so South Africa. Yeah, oh, South Africa. Yeah, okay. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, you, so my how family. You, how did you wind up uh, in the states? Um, the motivation was school, and I promised my mom that I would only stay for four years, but now it's 21 years in April. So mm-hmm. <laughs> life happened, and yeah, yeah I am. Yeah. And then you try to get back. I mean, that's got to be tough. Having uh, is your mom still with us? Yes, yes. My so parents are still alive. My family. I have one sister living in in uh, New Fairfield, actually. Oh wow! Um, okay. But my mom travels quite a bit, so she visits, and 
Um, we go back and forth. Gianna's been a few times too. too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. I so. love going to South Africa. Right, there's peaches. It's in beautiful, South Africa right? Too. Really? Tell me about that. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there is this. Li- they called li- African penguins. Yeah, or, and yeah. they. Boulder Beach. Yes, Boulder Beach, and basically all the penguins do is just jump on the rocks. Jump yeah, they actually, and they actually swim. It's a, it's they a little. They swim in the very cold water. I went in the water <laughs> with. I forget his name. Yeah, a uh, friend of yours. Yeah. We'll just say Bob. Slade. Slade. His yes. name was Slade. 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 <laughs> okay. And um, I went in the water with him, and I was cold. I just ran back out of the water and got. But my it's actually towel. quite neat. They just swim around you. They couldn't be bothered. Uh-huh. They just they'll walk, walk right up to you. Yeah, they don't yeah. care. That's so awesome. They don't awesome. care. Yeah. yeah. Uh, as as well in Antarctica, what's really interesting is there's no natural predators to them on land, so you just become like a part of them. They'll they walk right up to you. You know, you're not supposed to approach them. They made this 15-foot kind of barrier thing that they came up with. So, uh, but if they come to you, it's okay. And what are they? Uh, just they don't you? bother them. That's okay. Yeah, an interesting, Thank you for answering an interesting, that <laughs> an interesting uh, um, comment on that 15-foot rule that they made. That was through actual study. What they've done is they they, they took and they put um, an egg with uh, sensors in it. And when a uh, penguin would lose its egg because a skewer would take it, they would then kind of adopt that egg. And what they did is when they were monitoring these, these penguins, they were watching as uh, what ha- how did they act when people came near them. And it turned out that this 15 feet was the perfect line. If you went past that, their heart rates went up a little bit. Oh, no kidding. And when wow. you step back, their heart rate went back to normal. So that's actually where that number came from. That's fascinating. Yeah, it is. <laughs> All right, Lana, Gianna, and Gil Wall of mm-hmm. Seymour, I want to thank you so much for coming down here. Oh, thank, and you. thank you. Thank you. Me. Uh, this is a very different topic for the Valley Indie Podcast, <laughs> and I, I really do appreciate it. So thank you. Thank, thank you, you so much, much for having yeah. us. For hundreds of years, we brought you the news. Readers are in the opens each day, yeah.